2: And happy Saturday, my friends. Yep, it's that time. Time for a new fresh edition of the Bob Rose Rewind. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's jump into it. Yep, he's our modern day Matt Dillon, if you will. Not a marshal, but he is the sheriff of Gilcrest County, and we love him. Uh, let's give a hand to. No, let's bring in Bobby Schultz and talk to him right now on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3, The Sky.
3: You
4: Good morning, Sheriff. How are you doing this morning, sir? Good morning, Greg. Doing well, thank you. Awesome. Hey, listen, there is a lot going on. And uh, one thing that I'm kind of curious, I I know it's going to be affecting a lot of Floridians in in some way. We're talking about, uh, you know, the uh, state legislative sessions getting underway. And redistricting is a big topic. Now, from a standpoint of Gilchrist County and maybe as it comes to play into just your residents and law enforcement, does that does that affect you guys in any way, whether good or bad?
5: Yes, sir. I, I obviously I think it does. You know that that cuts both ways. You know we're a little spoiled here in, in Gilchrist County. We have a uh, state representative Chuck Clemens mm-hmm. in the state house, and then we have Senator Jen, Jennifer Bradley as the senator. But uh, <clears throat> it's always hard to find a balance. Of somebody who's going to represent rural counties, rural areas, and those places that have a uh, a little bit more populated areas, mm-hmm. but we've been blessed. I believe that we've got some folks that represent all citizens of their districts. So, any redistricting—if you know if the lines uh, for our district goes a little bit more east to the more populated areas—you know their concerns and their needs are a little bit different than what ours are here in Gilchrist County. Right. So, I hope they don't mess with them too much. I'm, I'm not naive to think that they won't, on to some degrees, mm-hmm. but. I'm hoping that it that it stays the same. And you know we have a good good working relationship with uh, Senator uh, Bradley and of course Chuck Clemens and Senator, uh, <clears throat> Keith Perry, Chuck Brandon, uh, Joe Harden and Bobby Payne. They're gonna fight for law enforcement issues. Right. they're gonna fight for these small counties. And so we hope that they all stay the same.
4: Well, and that's been a big thing. I know, you know, Alachua County has dealt with that in that you've got a a whole bunch of people who don't feel represented. And so I think because of that is why a lot of this is coming up, you know, with these counties and with the state. And I guess it'll be interesting to see because obviously uh, with law enforcement, you represent everybody equally. It doesn't matter. It's not about agenda. It's it's it's. About taking care of your people, but hopefully things will work out uh, to your to your benefit in, in that res- in that respect. Uh, as far as the you know the the sheriff's office staffing, I understand that you guys actually are are growing a little bit. I know that there for a while, you know, I, I guess even across the state, maybe we've had a shortage of law enforcement. I know that a lot of counties have been looking to add, and even our our governor said, "Hey, you know, if you're not being respected where you live, you know, talking to these folks around the country." you know, come on down to Florida. How's that affecting you guys in Gilchrist County?
5: Yeah, we've talked in the past about, you know, it's hard to find folks that want to do these jobs, whether it be communications or corrections or uh, law enforcement. And It's hard competing with, uh, especially in a financially constrained county such Mm -hmm. as Gilchrist County, with these state agencies that are, rightfully so, being uh, funded uh, a lot greater than what we can afford here. Sure. But I'm proud to say that, you know, the positions that we're uh, needing to get filled are filled. Um, people enjoy Gilchrist County and the, the, how we run things here at the Gilchrist County Sheriff's Office. So we attract people and we've been attracting folks. It's, it's going to be a constant, uh, battle just because when, uh, certain agencies can give you sign on bonuses or give you, uh, ten thousand dollars more a year mm-hmm. um we're just we're going to keep plugging we're going to go after those folks that want to be in gilchrist county that want to be part of our community and uh and we'll, we'll be fine we'll, when we need to fight for some more money i'm sure my county commission has always uh helped us out and we'll we'll treat it on you know basically a day-to-by-day basis but yeah as of right now we've only got a couple positions to fill and we look forward to to getting those positions built in the near future.
4: That's awesome progress. But you know, and you you kind of hit on something there. While money is great, sometimes quality of life and where you live and the stresses of where you live, uh it's worth to give up a little financial side to be where you want to be and be happy and feel appreciated.
5: Absolutely, and I hear it every day. You know, we have a great area, but you know, I I say it, and I say it loud and proud that Gilchrist County is the best county in the state of Florida. And we have some great people in our community. We have some great uh, professionals that work in law enforcement. They Mm want to be here. We want them here. And uh, we're going to try to do the right things at the right time for the right reasons. And, And I think when you have that philosophy people want to be part of
4: that. Yeah, got to love it. I, I, it was interesting. I, I know that you, even though you're a part of law enforcement, you also support your officers. And a couple of things came to mind over the last few days. One, I think you were the first person that I saw early Sunday morning before I went to church that was posting about it being National Law Enforcement Day. And I made sure that I shared that because I want to make sure that, you know, you know that we, we back the blue and the green or brown uh, here at the Sky. But I uh, I was glad to see that you were early on saying, hey, you know, support the people that get out there and protect you and take care of you every day.
5: Yeah, sir. You know, it's when you, when you go to work every day and you work alongside these men and women, whether they're patrol or whether they're in a dispatch, they're support staff or corrections, um, don't necessarily take it for granted. Mm-hmm. But it's important that everybody knows that these, the roles that these men and women do. And in my county, and then I think in our area in general, they support law enforcement. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, Chuck Clemens said it best on a uh, something I read. He said, "You know, every day should be Law Enforcement Appreciation Day." Yeah. And 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 in my in my part of uh, heaven here, uh, it it really is. The folks take care of us. They respect us. And those folks that don't, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna do our best, and we'll, we would give our lives to protect even those who hate our guts every day. And uh, I appreciate you, uh, you and Bob always having the six of law enforcement, and uh, we appreciate it, and you keep uh, sounding that trumpet loud and
4: proud. Oh, absolutely. You're listening, listening to The Bob Rose Show. Uh, Greg Cassidy here and uh, Gilchrist County Sheriff Bobby Schultz, our guest. Um, we have seen, because of tragedies in the past with Gilchrist County and some personal loss even within you know people that worked for you, how your community really does come together and that uh, sadly has to happen on occasion just because we have losses in life and there was a tragic family uh loss uh, with the hicks family i guess what this past weekend or so
5: yes sir uh, unfortunately uh in levy county there was a helicopter crash that took the lives of a, a precious dear family from here in gilchrist county and uh you know the the Levy County Sheriff's Office and those federal agencies investigating that have done a remarkable job under extraordinary circumstances. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know today and Thursday when the uh, teachers and the students come back at Trenton Elementary, it's going to be a hard day for those folks. Yeah, and, and for the families, it continues to be hard. And but from talking to the families, uh, the small little piece of comfort that they do get in such a, a horrific incident is this community always rises yeah. and when, when they know of a need and they know of a problem, it doesn't matter who you are, what stature you are, what status you are. They're, they're going to come together. They're going to put differences aside and they're going to do what's right. And, and this was no different. Uh, it was again, a, a difficult time. And I, I would ask all your listeners to, to keep uh, the Hicks family, uh, the law family, in your prayers, as, cause, and those kids, those babies, when they come back, the the school Thursday Mm -hmm. their classmates won't be there yeah please pray for them
4: that's gonna be tough hey wrapping things up on a high note uh I mentioned you and the support of your officers and somebody had posted a great picture of you (laughs) I think you know where I'm going I didn't tell you ahead of time I was going to talk about this but uh a resident of Gilchrist County took a picture of their sheriff standing out there backing up one of his officers uh but you weren't exactly in full uniform were you
5: well, no, and I got mixed <laughs> feelings about that, but you know, I've always prided myself i I never claimed to be the smartest guy in the room, mm-hmm. but one of the things that i I do claim is that I won't ask my men or women to do something that I haven't done right um, it was like that that picture I believe was taken actually Christmas night or Christmas Eve,
4: and you were and, wearing uh, your uh, you had a jacket on, and you had your shorts on.
5: I did, but you know i don't advocate that i, I do advocate <laughs> for safety uh but you know in that circumstance i'm I'm on duty 24 hours a day exactly seven days a week and, mm-hmm. and when i pulled up uh i seen an issue and and i i i want to back up my deputies uh even though i don't advocate uh that type of uniform
3: mm-hmm. uh
5: absolutely sometimes you have to take those measures and um Luckily, we don't have a lot of incidences here, but right. absolutely. I'm going to back my, my men and women here as much as I can, I'm going to, and I'm going to make sure that they go home as safe as, as I
2: possibly can. Always a pleasure talking to Bobby Schultz, Gilchrist County Sheriff. You're tuned to the Bob Rose Rewind. Happy Saturday. Stick around. Carl Zalek, Marion County Commissioner, coming up next. Great recreational opportunities we're going to talk about next on the Bob Rose Rewind 97.3 The Sky. Good morning and welcome. You're tuned to the Bob Rose Rewind as we touch base with Marion County Commissioner Carl Zalek talking about recreational opportunities, places to fish and hang out, maybe do some camping. Let's get to it. The Bob Rose Rewind, 97.3 The Sky. Come here. Good morning, Carl. How you doing?
6: Good morning. Happy, happy Friday, my friend.
2: Hey, I know you're a little younger than us, but man, didn't you think Meatloaf <laughs> was pretty cool and, and him passing away? It's sad, seventy-four years old.
6: Yeah, you know, Meatloaf, just an iconic man and what a great entertainer, right?
2: Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. But anyway, we got to move on. Lots of big <laughs> things happening in Marion County. Uh Marion County Day is coming up on its March, right? March what?
6: Yeah, March 26th, uh, we have an incredible opportunity for you to come out, learn about the history, of course, of Marion County. We'll have the, you know, again this year, the kids zone out there, Marion Parks and Recs. uh, We'll have all kinds of uh, recreational activities for the kids and for the family, archery stations, petting zoo, uh, the whole nine yards. And it's a great opportunity to spend some time with your family, get outside, uh, and learn about what we do from the county perspective, uh, just to, just to show people you know how much the county is doing to impact the, the lives of our community you know
2: yeah last time you were on you were talking about you know all the fishing opportunities you know lakes rivers and all that good stuff and and now uh kind of one of the themes is hey get out there and do a little bit of camping you got the of course you got the big ocala national forest there but you've got all kinds of other parks too
6: yeah we really have a lot of uh great parks you know we start off of course with you know, Silver Springs I had the opportunity to get out there and see one of the nation's treasures in Silver Springs and, uh, you know, glass-bottom boat rides and all that wonderful stuff. Um, we're still in the permitting process. Uh, we've been in about three years, but uh, swimming is coming back to Silver Springs. Uh, so I'm so excited to, God willing, one of these times I'll be able to get on your show and tell people that they can go out and, and swim in, in Silver Springs again. Um and of course, like you said, the National Forest. It's just a great time to get outside, you know, with a hike and swim and fish and camp all around our community. Uh, this this time in winter, it's just so beautiful. Everybody else is struggling with uh, shoveling their sidewalks full of snow, and we get to enjoy this beautiful weather.
2: Yeah, it is fantastic. Hey, for folks who want to get involved um, as a citizen and learn all about the inner workings of government in Marion County and maybe how you can be more valuable to the county in in different ways, or you can just have some great ideas. The Citizens Academy is now uh, uh, wide open, right? Folks need to register.
6: Yeah, so we have the 2022 uh, Citizens Academy. It opens uh, till the end of this month, Uh, so quickly, you know, get registered. Citizen Academy is, of course, like we've talked about, is an opportunity to provide you know our community with more knowledge understanding and get a deeper look at the workings of government and you go around to different departments learn about what each one do uh, includes live demonstrations question and answer educational discussion uh, and and getting involved in county projects participants will uh, have the chance to go to departments like the denellan airport marion county fire rescue 911 management animal services veteran services facilities so, we have all these great opportunities for you to learn more. Uh, if you want to get registered, you can call 352 438 2300, or you can go to the Marion County, our website at marioncountyflorg backslash citizens academy. Uh, so, all that information will be there. Please sign up and join us for a great time learning about our community.
2: And you usually do fill it up anyway, right?
6: Oh, yeah. Well, it's always full. Uh, so, we only have a couple spots left. If you want to get on there, please do it quickly.
2: Okay. Uh you've got some good news about a grant getting approved and and I want you to expand on that a little bit. And I want to hear how you pronounce the name of this park that I've seen the sign to, but was always afraid to say it out loud.
6: <laughs> yeah, that's Haggy Berry. Haggy uh, Haggy, Haggy Berry? A, yeah, Haggy Berry. You got it, buddy. Okay. Uh, not to be right confused with Halle Berry. Parkway.
2: No. That's, no, that's, not Halle Berry. <laughs> no, no. That's a different okay. So that,
6: that's a different thing, right?
2: Right.
3: <laughs>
6: so it's right there on Orange Lake. Uh, we've been working with the Florida Wildlife and Game Commission. Um, the impact every year is over $2 million, you know, for fishing and, and uh, sports tournaments and those kind of things. So at the board meeting, we unanimously approved the grant uh, agreement with uh, the Florida uh, FWC uh, to compensate Marion County for uh dollars so, you know, $969,000 or 53% of the grant. Um, there are three major components. Of course, the boat ramp. So the plan is to remove the existing single-lane boat ramp and replace it with a double-lane ramp that will extend the approach. Um, and that's really important because, you know, when waters recede, sometimes we can't get boats in and out. And So we'll be extending that to make sure that we have more access to the lake. Um Parking. Currently, the parking area is unpaved, so we're going to be putting a paved parking lot in and a retaining wall uh, that will stabilize the, the park, the facilities, and help preserve the park from wear and tear, of course, due to the exposure of all the elements and, and use. So what a great opportunity to see that and, and really get that boat ramp done that's needed to be done for quite a few years.
2: When uh, When are you going to try to start that project?
6: So it'll go through its design and permitting, and uh, so hopefully it's kind of like an 18-month process.
2: Okay. From from start to finish. So in 18 months, you think uh, you'll have the new boat ramp in? Okay. Should be. Just trying to make my plans ahead of time. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So tell me, explain what animal services has to do with Betty White.
6: Yeah. So, of course, hashtag Betty White Challenge uh, to honor our wonderful advocate for animals and their well-being. Betty White was well-known uh, record advocating for helping and promoting animal adoption, treatment, and well-being. So if you visit Marion County uh, Animal Services this month to adopt a pet by donating uh, what you can for an adoption fee, uh, that will cover the cost up to date of vaccinations, spays, and neuters, um, and any donations received will go directly to the improvement and well-being of the quality of life of the, of the pets. Um, since the beginning of the challenge, the county shelter has uh, seen 83 adoptions and over 2,000 in donations towards the cause. So it's a great way just to donate whatever you can in regard to the animal uh, adoption um, and a great way to get these pets their forever home.
2: Wow, that's and that's a win-win for everybody because uh... – you know, uh, I learned that, you know, just having a pet and petting your pet can help your blood pressure to uh, to go down.
6: Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, you know, so you'll, you'll pet your pet, but then you're going to get on the roads of Gainesville. I don't know how it's going to work,
4: Bob, but I'm huh. sure wishing you the best. Hmm. You'll have to drive around with your pet <laughs> to try to, counter <laughs> yeah, you're gonna to, to counteract yeah. it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, well, you're better off probably walking your pet. You'll move... Faster because the way they stop traffic here. Good point. Stop (laughs) laughing at us, Carl. It's not funny. It's
4: not funny, Carl. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. sorry. You Uh, and your fast roads and your lights that work properly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Marion County Commissioner Carl Zalek. Hey, Carl, we always appreciate it. Stay safe. Uh, Best regards to your family. And uh, hang in there.
4: Happy Friday, my
6: friend.
2: Always love talking to Carl Zalek, our Marion County commissioner commissioner and connection if you will you're tuned to the bob rose rewind don't go away coming up next the latest on omicron with dr john next on the bob rose rewind 97.3 the sky (music) happy saturday and welcome it's the bob rose rewind dr john joins us right now the latest on omicron on the Bob Rose Rewind, 97.3 The Sky. Dr. John, good morning, sir. How are you?
7: Hey, good morning. Hard at work already, as are you guys, and uh, happy to be with you. N- never more important. It seems every week that goes by, we have more important stuff to talk about. All
2: right, real quick, let's get this out of the way. Arkansas inmates were given ivermectin. Now they're trying to sue because they, I guess they didn't reveal it right away. They didn't tell them right away, but the... Mainstream media won't even follow up on whether it was successful or not. They're acting like they were poisoned.
7: Yeah, no, this is a case of the inmates truly running the asylum. Uh, they, they, uh, they were given an option. They were given the same multidrug cocktail that I've recommended for two years and used for two years to save lives. Um, they were, and I don't know if this is a HIPAA violation. They're not going to put out exactly what conditions these people have, but they were, this physician was an enlightened physician who had done the research and was treating them and I, and as with any other treatment patients aren't you know we give you guys get all the time, we all do when you go to the doctor's office you trust your doctor to do what's right for you in this case he did the right thing then who knows some lawyer got involved and some some inmates said hey I, this is horse deworming medication you get a kick out of that when they talk about that this this ivermectin has been used we said it won a Nobel Prize for use in human beings I prescribe it all the time for scabies and hookworm which you see a lot in this horse country out here um, and, of course, we know it's worked for COVID. It's actually a provenly effective drug, as I've said. So inmates trying to make a quick bit of cash, and there's got to be some unscrupulous attorney working with them. And uh, God help, God bless this physician who actually saved their lives, prevented them from being in the hospital, but they don't really care, because I guess some of them, that's why they're in the, in the jail.
2: It only took me 20 right. seconds to look it up, and even the NIH study that shows how uh, effective ivermectin is, NIH says that. CDC, WHO, maybe, maybe not. So, of course, CBS News, when they reported the story, told all the negatives and wouldn't tell the truth about ivermectin. And that's why people have difficulty trusting their government and some of these other officials. All right, let's move on. Omicron surge nearing peak. We've got cases up, but I guess that's a silver lining because maybe we have peaked. What's your take, doctor?
7: Ah, it's great. One of my first videos, I don't know if they took it down on YouTube, but you can find it on Rumble. You've researched stuff. But, hey. Great cases going up, great news. (laughs) The only sad news is everyone's still running around getting tested for this cold flu-like illness. The only people who really had to worry at all about Omicron are the ones who, let's say, you know, my mom, who's 94 years of age. Every cold and flu season, we worry that she's going to get the cold or the flu because that can trigger viral pneumonia, and that could be enough to, you know, do some bad stuff. Mm -hmm. So if somebody has underlying comorbidities and gets Omicron, we've been endorsing uh, the use of hydroxychloroquine, early on in the high-risk people. But all these kids, my gosh, I sent something to Greg last night. You know, the highest, the counties across the state of Florida with the highest positivity rates for Omicron, which is all we're really dealing with, are the ones we have the most vaccinated people across the entire state. It's really, really not a surprise to me, meaning that vaccinated people are shedding this and spreading it and getting sicker even more than the unvaxxed at this point. And, uh, among the children, they are all they all got these colds. My son, I just sent him back to school today. He was home for a few days with the, with the cold, which we don't get him tested. Don't test the kids. Don't worry about Omicron and kids. Don't worry about Omicron numbers going up. It's all part, again, of that pandemic of fear, the mass hysteria leading to mass psychosis, essentially, where everyone is still running around with these masks on their children, trying to get the kids vaccinated against a disease that's not going to harm them at all. Um, yeah, we've got our work cut out for us in overcoming this uh, this media hype. Uh, so please, don't worry about Omicron if, unless you're a high risk person who would otherwise fear if you got a bad case of influenza, which we saw with H1N1, or or other viral infections. They're not benign. Viruses have never been completely benign. But golly, in children, yes, it's benign. It's a benign illness in otherwise healthy people, athletes, and you know, military and others, you know. So the vaccinations have got to stop in these healthy people.
2: Well, what, so what do you think, uh, what's the future hold as far as this whole virus thing? Are we going to see another edition mm-hmm. of uh, of the COVID-19?
7: No, I, I think, and I, I, I've said this publicly recently, that the, uh, the, the actual deadly variants of coronavirus are on their way out. Now what we're going to be dealing with for the foreseeable future, and, and uh, I, I said this uh, is PTSD from the last two years. I, I really and truly believe that all of these children, I see it all day long in my, my son's school, at church, and we all see it. We can tell which families have been completely psychologically adversely impacted by this fear pandemic. And these kids are never going to change. They're going to grow up saying, in their own minds, I don't ever want to go back to living like I did in 2021 and 2022. So what are they going to do? Every year they're going to be lining up for their booster shots and the parents the same, who are fearful about the kids, or if you've lost your loved one to the Delta variants, which was bad. We had a bad Delta, all right? So if you lost a loved one, or if you couldn't go see your loved ones in the hospital who were dying and you couldn't bury them in a funeral service because you could... All these things added up. All these things were unnecessary, mind you, because we never gave them early treatment. We, we did a lot of stupid things and really evil things with, with, with this disease are going to add up to a society that's going to be controlled by post-traumatic stress disorder, I think, for a long time to come, unless we can really help each other heal psychologically from this and say, hey, it really wasn't that bad. It's that they made it out, especially with Omicron. It's not a bad disease. Not a bad. It's a bad cold that lasts can last two weeks. But dang, guys, I got called 3.30 this morning, you know, someone with a fever and a sore throat and cough at 3.30 in the morning. I'm like, please, you know, it's, you're going to be fine. But they're fearful. They're right. still fearful.
2: right. Yeah, they've definitely pushed the fear factor for sure. Now, are you having trouble getting uh, your prescriptions filled? Are some pharmacists taking uh, an an active role Uh, to stop the ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine?
7: I'll tell you here, that's good and bad news. The bad news is, uh, yeah, uh, Publix actually just yesterday, Publix used to be one of the good guys, and now they just announced that they're a pharmacist. They can't give ivermectin across the board for COVID. You can give it for everything else for humans, right? As I said, it is a human drug, but you can't. Give it for COVID. Uh, so we're thankful in one respect, as I said at the beginning, hydroxychloroquine early stages helps with this particular virus and other other viral, viral illnesses. We know it works also for malaria and other things we've treated for, for centuries. So, hey, so what you need to know is if you're a high-risk person, you can get hydroxychloroquine even from the bad pharmacies like Walgreens and CVS. We've always had the compounding pharmacies, uh, and they're kind of competing with each other with the ivermectin, but they have it. Thank God for them your independent pharmacies across the board. The real challenge for me has been I'm still managing people who are sick up in Ohio and New Jersey or coming down here from those states and uh, they have the Delta variant and that one, you need the ivermectin, man. So yeah, unfortunately... We're not being allowed to save lives because pharmacies are still withholding ivermectin for those Delta variants that are out there.
4: I know we're short on time, Uh, Dr. John. We did have a listener, though, ask about uh, if they've had COVID and the whole concept of this spike protein. While it is in the vaccines, do we have a concern since the COVID itself was made in a lab? uh, Is the spike Mm -hmm. protein a problem even if you've just had COVID itself?
7: Yeah, the spike protein is, is obviously what we're um, producing with these vaccines. And as I've said before, the problem, the reason for the danger of the vaccine is that when you give it to any individual person, you have no idea how much in immune response that person is going to have, how much spike protein that messenger RNA, which is being put into your body, is going to program, produce. It's like an assembly line. It's like the old I love Lucy on the assembly line, okay, mm-hmm. where she can't keep up with the assembly line. Well, our bodies can't keep up with the assembly line if you overproduce spike protein, and it can do damage to the heart, damage to your bone marrow, damage a lot of places. So the vaccine is an unpredictable entity because it's not giving you a small dose of a killed virus, which is what we've done with every other normal vaccine. So, yeah, don't worry. Uh, You know, those of you who've had the vaccine, just just chalk it up. You have it. Great. But most of us now, we're looking at this idea. Natural immunity trumps everything. And now people at Harvard and Yale and Stanford are re- waking up to this reality. And the whole narrative, as Dr. Peter McCullough said recently, is crumbling. The narrative is crumbling. We now have to address the fear. And then once we address that, we'll be a, a, a healthy and a, a whole society.
2: Dr. John, always appreciate your time coming on with us. And I know you've got to get back to work. Uh, stay strong, my friend, and God bless you.
7: You got it. God bless you all. Great week.
2: Love talking to Dr. John. Great info on the Bob Rose Rewind. Happy Saturday. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to talk to State Representative Joe Harding. Uh, A couple of important issues being discussed in Tallahassee. One is constitutional carry. We'll get to it next on the Bob Rose Rewind. 97.3 The Sky. Happy Saturday and welcome. The Bob Rose Rewind continues with State Representative Joe Harding, constitutional carry, also correctly handling COVID. We'll talk to him right now on the Bob Rose Rewind, 97.3, the sky. Joe Harding, how you doing, sir? Good morning, Bob. Hey, um, right. uh, let's let's get this out of the way. Um, constitutional carry... Um, some folks, Sabatini, and others were were trying to promote that. I think it's a good thing, a good idea. But uh, what the the president and others uh, in Tallahassee, I guess they're against it. Um, wh- where do you stand on this? And is there any hope for passage?
8: Yeah, Bob, I'm I'm a big supporter of constitutional carry. I don't think you should have to get a permission slip from the government to exercise your constitutional rights. And uh, whether it whether it passes this session or or in the future i'm we'll be advocating for that and um, I, I'm hopeful um, you know I think our governor has made some comments supportive of it as well and you know I'm hopeful and and we'll continue to advocate for that and that's something that I've supported from the beginning. our whole process and I'll tell you when you take when government gets involved in something that they shouldn't and when you look at the concealed carry process currently in Florida, we have a lot of constituents that'll reach out to us about the delays they're experiencing. And that's what happens when government gets involved with something that they shouldn't, which is your fundamental constitutional right. And, you know, Nikki Freed has used this as a tool that the Department of Agriculture, um, is the one that processes your concealed carry permit. Mm-hmm. And she has used this as political fodder to, you know, to, uh, limit conservatives. And cause she knows it's mostly conservatives that are, that are applying for concealed carry permits. Um, so we need to get we need to get government out of the way. And if you can here's to me, the best way to sum it up is if you can legally buy a firearm, you should be able to legally carry it. That's your constitutional right.
3: There you so go.
8: I'm a supporter. And and I believe we will get there, whether it's this year or in the future. But we've got it. It's going to be a fight, continued fight um, until we get it.
2: So you mentioned Governor DeSantis uh, earlier on and and, uh, you know, he's uh, got some success stories to tell. Uh, I imagine uh, you're on board with uh, with most of what the governor is uh, promoting?
8: Absolutely. I'm all in. You know, his, his whole uh, last, last week, he had the joint address um, to Florida. And, and if there was one theme throughout it, it was that, you know, we're right and they were wrong. And you could say that up and down the list. Obviously, COVID and the response to COVID and these ridiculous mandates we're seeing, and other states, um, you don't have to look very far to see that Florida's done this right and been been way ahead. Um, so I'm 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 all in. In fact, the, a reporter asked a colleague of mine if the if the Republican majority was just going to rubber stamp the governor's priorities. And I guess my question back to that is: Is that wrong? Because right. our governor's been right. I trust them, and um, I, I'm all in.
2: Yeah, your job's not necessarily to resist. You can question, but if it's if if you're all for it, then yeah, why? Yeah, why wouldn't you uh, promote it and, right. and push it in? His track record speaks for itself. So far, so good. Abortion legislation, uh, what's going on there when it comes to the pro life stuff?
8: Yeah, and I, I think, um, Bob, I'm, I'm glad to talk about this. I, I think that, you know, as conservatives and, and the Republican caucus and as a Republican, and we have a majority in the legislature and we've had a majority for 25 years. Um, you know we're the we're the pro life caucus, and and you know we have chipped away and done things in the legislature over the years that that have led. But I believe it's time for Florida to really take that next step and and do what states like Mississippi have done uh, with uh, you know banning abortions after after a certain age. And so, uh, Florida in the legislature, we filed um, some legislation that. Is I, I believe that we'll move, and we're proud to be a co-sponsor on that legislation. And essentially, what it does is ban abortions in Florida after 15 weeks. We know that there's pain that, that a baby can feel pain at that point. We know it's a viable human at that point. Um, you know, uh, you know. So it is, I believe, absolute uh, right way to do this. There's been uh, our speaker and our Senate President have both spoken in support of it. So I feel like you know we've got as good a chance as ever. Um, to pass it this is the year to do it and frankly, you know again it's time for the Republican caucus that is the pro-life caucus to show that to show that we are um, it's election time and I would tell folks that if you have a republican legislator that that isn't in support, I think it's, it's time to start having a conversation because they don't belong in in our on our party if, if they're not so i you know i'm I'm excited because I believe this is the year we'll get it through in Florida uh, it's going to be a fight. Um, I can tell you that the protesters will be in full force. And I'll tell you, you know, a lot of these protesters are paid by these woke groups to be up here. Sure, there's some probably doing it on their own time, but a lot of them are, are up here because it's their job to be up here. And uh, that's okay. That's good for them, but we need to hold our line and, uh, and, and make the right votes. And actually, it'll be in committee. Its first committee stop this week. And uh, I would, I would, have, I would you know, just ask our listeners to stay tuned to that. And we're going to need pro life, the uh, folks that support pro life legislation, to be speaking up and combating uh, what the left is going to be throwing at us.
2: And so. you, you mentioned the word woke, so we have this woke public school agenda in in some uh, districts, and and that's a problem. And just as kind of a side note, did you find it interesting, like I did, that some of the same people claim to promote? Martin Luther King Day, but not promote his agenda, because if they did, it would be a 180-degree turn from CRT.
8: Absolutely, Bob. I heard you make that comment this morning. I thought it was one of the best arguments I've heard. I, I 100% agree. You know, his whole message was built on faith and on love. He had an approach that, that would—I would, just can't imagine um, him not being just appalled by the way that the woke media has has tried to take his name and turn it into. You see what's going on, you know, trying to use his name on on some of these this federal overreach of voting laws. It's it's really just appalling. But on the uh, on the discussion, you know, on these woke school districts, I will tell you, it's not just in in blue Florida. It's not just in blue America. We're seeing issues come up um, that really strike at the heart of parental rights and the right of parents that they have um, happening in red in red for it's not just the liberal area you know you'll see it and it's really it's a fundamental problem where you have school districts trying to be the parent and that is absolutely not what we stand for in Florida I'm I'm running a, a bill this year on basically it's an extension of our parental rights bill that we passed uh, last year in Florida and what it does is it allows parents to legally go after School districts that withhold information um on their parent on their children. So whether their child is being and this has happened, Bob, where you've got children, you know, young eight to twelve year old children being um seeing counselors in their school on gender transitions and not being and the parents not being told that this is going on. Wow. I mean it's it is appalling. And so uh, if you're a parent and that's happening to your child and you find out about it, you ought to be able to throw the book at these, at these, at these school districts. It's the only way we're going to stop it. Um, so we'll be running that this year. It's going to be a fun one because the, the teacher unions and the, school, and the school board unions, they'll be in, in, against it because they believe that they're more qualified to raise your children than you are. That's well, the, the, the fundamental issue.
2: Keep fighting good fight, my friend. Uh, appreciate hearing from you. Thank you,
8: Bob. I appreciate you. We'll talk
2: soon. Thanks so much for State Representative Joe Harding checking in on the Bob Rose Rewind. Thanks to all my guests, including Dr. John Carl Zalek, Marion County Commissioner, and the Sheriff of Gilchrist County, Bobby Schultz. And thank you for supporting what we do. We appreciate that. And we also invite you to join us Monday morning starting at 6 a.m. for the Bob Rose Show, along with Greg Cassidy, right here on 97.3 The Sky.
1: Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks
3: used with permission.